Back on Matadors pregame with Dave Serrano joining us. It is Sunday, salvage Sunday for the Matadors. Well, the good news, Coach, three of four. You've won three of four on Sunday. The only time you lost, you had doubleheader. You're only playing one game today. But I want to start, what was the message to the team afterwards when you were out in right field talking with the team? What were you conveying to them after that game, after the doubleheader yesterday? Well, obviously there's disappointment because, uh, you know, I kind of challenged them. We talked about this on the radio show yesterday, the pregame show, that, that – uh, there's the pink elephant in the room. We hadn't performed well on Saturday, and you know, obviously, we didn't get the results we wanted to yesterday. Uh, but my concern was that even with the way the scores were five to one and ended up being eight to four, the game was a little bit more lopsided that to the last inning. It felt like this previous Saturday games where they were really lopsided. Um, we've seemed beat down. Uh, we seemed uh, 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 not there was not quit. It just seemed like. The, the margin was bigger than it was, and I reminded them we're at Matador Field where there's no score that's ever safe, whether we have it or the opponent has it. So, you know, and then I came back today and explained to them as their coach, uh, I get as caught up in the scoreboard as they do at times, and, you know, the scoreboard sometimes dictates our moods of the day, uh, but what it says at the end. But when I look at the big picture of what we're trying to do as a staff, of trying to build a standard of this program, I see, see the area of pitching getting better. Okay, our, we've cut down on the walks. I see our inside inside game getting better. We've done a better job of laying down bunts. I see little aspects of our game that are improving, and that's what I've got to continue to hold on to and not let the scoreboard dictate uh, what how I feel we are as a program right now. It's, it's we knew that when we took this opportunity, it was a building. It was building something. Um, that hasn't been intact for many years and it's going to take I'm a very impatient person I want instant gratification like a lot of people do but I I see some things that are going in the right direction it's not rewarding us by the scoreboard but I think I, I believe it eventually will and that's just my positive outlook on that yeah I mean I'll pick you a couple positives from yesterday I mean you put Robert Ballard in on Friday. He got a RBI triple in as a pinch hitter, and then he's been rolling since then. So you may have found something with him. Good left-handed bat. He's virtual in the outfield. And I thought Jeremy Hassel did a great job for you in game one. Jer- yeah, let's start with Robbie. Uh, in fairness to Robbie, Robbie is finally healthy. He had a, um, a had a calf muscle that he was dealing with at the start of the season, and I think he's finally 100%, and that plays a big part in it. Jeremy Hassel did very well in his three-inning stint. And let's let's look at the game one starter of the doubleheader, Gavin Lizick, a guy who has struggled so far this year. I uh, put him back in the rotation. We did some adjustments in the bullpen. He did some made some adjustments, and he actually pitched Gavin Lizick like. He's not a guy that's going to go out and blow people away. Mm-hmm. Um, he did waver a little bit when, when it started unwinding, and part of it was his by hitting two batters, which has been a bugaboo for us as a team. But he... Went into the he went six innings, seventy four pitches, and I'll be honest with you, the most amazing thing about game one where we lose five to one, I think we threw a hundred. We had hundred pitches. The official score had hundred two pitches. We throw hundred two pitches in nine innings, and we lose the baseball game. And for where this pitching staff was a couple weeks ago, where we were throwing hundred sixty pitches in nine innings, that's progress, and that's what I'm trying to hold on to right now. You know, I, I bring this up because you brought up Gavin. I want to talk about uh, Tucker Schilling a little bit because you're a pitching guy. There is a guy that proves you don't need to throw 95 to win. You know, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a guy that there's a lot of guys that would be maybe a little embarrassed to pitch the way he does. He threw, I think his fastball topped out at 81. 
He probably pitched from 79 to 81 with his fastball. He threw that little slow wrinkle curveball, and, and through the first first time through the lineup, he started eight out of nine with that pitch. Okay, but he had wiggle to every pitch. He was in complete control of the game. He kept guys off balance, and isn't that what pitching is? And that's what so many young players get caught up into: is radar guns. How hard am I throwing? All that that guy didn't care. He was saying, "Hit every pitch I'm throwing up there because you're not. My timing's going to keep you off." And I, as a pitching guy, really love and respect that. It's no different than our guy today, Blaine Traxel. Yeah. Okay, Blaine throws a little harder, but he's going to trick guys and he's just going to compete. And I saw that guy in complete control. He knew he knows who he is. He knows what his strengths are. It may not be similar to other pitchers in the Big West, but he gives his team a chance to win. And I, I walk away with much respect for him. Uh, you mentioned uh, the injury to, to, to Ballard. How's Luke doing? Did, did, uh, he pulled, uh, I'm guessing that was an injury situation? No, we uh. just we made a switch. Uh, Luke is fine. Uh, Luke is fine. Uh, one of the things that, you know, Luke's a young, you know, he's a young yeah. player. Yeah. And, and Luke had, takes a lot of pride in his offense. And we just feel as a, you know, with the kind of athlete he is, we don't, we don't miss that kind of ball in right field. And I think that Luke needs to learn that you can't take offense to defense. And I hear it in the dugout. He He's a competitor, and he beats himself up when he doesn't have success. And I think he's taking that out there to defense a little bit. So it was a little bit of a learning lesson. We're not down on Luke Powell. I think his future is really bright, and he's done some really good things for us. It's just it's a learning process, just like it is for all of us. When I talk to your former players' coach, what they tell me is, Dave Serrano is always going to put us in a position to succeed. That's kind of one of your one of your strengths. They, you know, you make sure they understand the situation so they know how to succeed. Take me through the decision. I know, I'm sure he probably did it in practice. Jose Ruiz, I think that was his first game catching. I know he'd been a catcher. He was an all all section catcher when he was in junior college. Injuries, you're dealing with it. The confidence you had in him just to throw him behind the plate. Well, you know, and I'll say this. I, I'm glad. I appreciate you bringing that up because the first, my first comment to the team last night after a, another devastating Saturday was I thank I thank Junior for catching for us. It is an injury situation. Um, you know, we've got C.J. Yogi, but he's a freshman, and I, it would be wrong for me to catch him two games. Uh, Skelly's out right now, as we all know, um, and then um, uh, Mendoza's got an, an arm issue right now. So I went to, to, to Junior and asked him if he was uh, willing to do that. He says, absolutely. Um, he's caught very minimal this year because we moved him in the outfield and we had so many catchers. So we gave him that opportunity. He wasn't perfect, but he, he took one for the team, and, and was willing to do that, and that tells me a lot about him. That's why after a devastating day, that was the first thing I said to the team, was just thank you for stepping forward and say, I'll do that for, for this team if that's what you need. What impressed me so much is, he, you know, like we were talking about the Gonzaga-UCLA game a couple weeks ago, he worked through his mistakes. He struggled a little yes. bit, but he worked through it. He forgot about it, and by the end of the game, you didn't remember the first inning because he was, he was doing a good job. You're right, you're right, and, and I'll take it a little farther than that. You know, since he hasn't had reps in that, I could tell the fatigue in him as the game went on. He came in and sat down on the bench, and that's not unlike Junior. And I could just tell the wear and tear on him. But you're right. He got better as the game went. He missed a couple signs from me early. He didn't miss a sign from the second inning on the rest of the game. So he continued to progress. And I appreciate you saying that because when I make decisions or we make decisions in games, it's putting players in situations that they're, that we feel gives them the best opportunity to succeed. That's why when you look down the roster and maybe some guys aren't pitching right now, it's because they still aren't ready to perform at this level. Whether it's I'm right or wrong, it's my opinion of putting guys in positions 
that they have a chance to succeed. Why, why put a player in a game if they have a chance to fail more than they have a chance to succeed? As always, Coach, thank you very much. Thank you. Dave Serrano, back after this.